Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode of One Single Thought. I just want to make a quick disclaimer. That we're running on a budget today. (laughs) We had a little computer error. And if you all remember a few episodes ago, we did pray over that computer. And we exercised whatever demon was there. But tonight, (laughs) as we're recording here in the evening time, prayer did not (laughs) bring out the demon. So we are going to plan B. So the sound may sound different. The the Recording may sound different, but we've done a test. We think we're we're good to go. So welcome aboard to today's episode. Yes, welcome to our duct tape. Duct tape episode. Yes. I want to start off with a shameless plug, Heather. Uh, I was recently a guest on the podcast Cool Exploration. Very nice. With Tony Peters. Two-part episode. Uh, it's entitled Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is one of my life verses, life passages. But I tell a lot about my life, my experiences, my health journey. It's a good little interview to give you a little preview of the book that is to come, but I'll talk more about that later. But I wanted to just throw that out to our audience so that you know we could uh, get that covered before we jump into today's episode. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to just say thank you to all our listeners. We are now at a little over 9,000 downloads. Wow. Now, I had made the comment that when we hit 5,000, I was going to start reaching out to all the popular people to get as a guest on our podcast, but I chickened out. So (laughs) we're so close to 10,000, and I think now 10,000 might be our ultimate goal. But let me just share a few little uh, stats about our episodes, and if you haven't listened to them, I'll I'll throw them in um, the show notes. You can link to them easily. Of course, you need to subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode. But our most popular episode to date is our episode on women's roles in the church. Now, I'm not Mm -hmm. surprised by that. No. Are you surprised by that? Not at all. No. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty big hot topic right now. It's followed only slightly behind by our pilot episode, which might rank up there as as technically astute as this one. (laughs) Because our sound was terrible that first hey, at episode. Least, at least we're in uh, better acoustics in here. So. Right, we're in better acoustics, and we've done this, at, you know, 23 times before, so we're not as newbie as we were then. You know, we've had a lot of people listen to our episodes. We've had a lot of downloads. But what really, really will help us, and I'll say it again, please be sure to rate our podcast. If you're an Apple podcast listener, you just scroll down a little bit. You'll see where you can click a star rating. Uh, I think you can do that on most platforms, but definitely on Apple. And then beyond even rating our podcast, if you could give us a review, that'd be even better. All of the ratings and all of the reviews pump us up in the algorithm so people can find us much easier and make us a little more well-known. Mm-hmm. So we do love also listener suggestions. We ask for them every episode that if you have any topic suggestions... We love to hear them because Heather and I, we brainstorm and we plan out our episodes in advance, at least the topics. Mm -hmm. And so anytime we get listener suggestions, we love it, which today is brought to you by a listener suggestion. (laughs) So Heather, why don't you share with us why we chose, or we we know why we chose the topic, but a little bit about the topic. So our topic today is from a listener named Jen Roman, who lives in upstate New York. She is 
a faithful listener and a reviewer of our podcast. And she asked if we would do a topic on how to show grace towards yourself and when is that appropriate. And so we'll talk a little more about her specific concern in a little bit. But just to summarize what we're going to talk about today, our one single thought for the suggestion is when guilt is good. When guilt is good. Before we start talking about guilt, Rose, why don't you give us a simple definition of what grace is? God's grace is usually defined as undeserved favor, something that we are, gi- we are given by God that we don't deserve. We know grace cannot be earned, and it's something, something that is very freely given by God. And if you grew up in a ch- church as Heather and I did, you probably learned the little acronym for grace God's riches at Christ's expense, and that's how you always remember what grace mm-hmm. was. So that was an easy way to remember that it was an undeserved riches that we, we received from the Lord. So Heather, why don't you go ahead and share Jen's um, expanded explanation behind her topic suggestion. Well, Jen said in her email that she can often be too hard on herself, and she hears that from people, that she's too hard on herself. But her question is, well, aren't we supposed to be like Christ? And so basically her question is, when are you sinning and when are you being too hard on yourself? When do you really need to lighten up? Maybe um, you're not necessarily dealing with a sin. And how do you know the difference between that when it's sin and when it's you essentially being legalistic or being too hard on yourself about something? And so when do you need to give yourself a break and embrace the truth about a situation when we are feeling guilty about something? Is that really benefiting you and how do you know the difference on the other hand sometimes guilt needs to be felt there's a good purpose in feeling guilty and rose can you talk talk about how do we know when guilt is a good thing when we talk about good guilt in short good guilt is a conviction of our sin what does that mean well when i commit Mm -hmm. a sin i may not realize in the moment that i'm sinning but that godly guilt will good guilt the godly grief the godly sorrow will work in my heart to make me realize that what i'm doing is not is not right it's sinful uh just recently i've had some i had some thoughts about a situation that really just started to spiral down into Mm. a bad place and when i got to that point all of a sudden i had this this guilt come over me and conviction mm-hmm. that uh, this was sinful, that if I didn't get this under control, that this could be detrimental to me and could cycle down to something really, really bad. So oftentimes, you know, you might not think of it, if you're a believer, you might not think of it as a good guilt because you know that that you're being convicted of sin. Mm-hmm. But in the way we look at it, in this discussion where you know we call it good guilt versus bad guilt good guilt is really conviction of our sin so i'm going to read second corinthians seven ten. it says for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret but worldly grief produces death so what does that verse really mean well godly grief godly sorrow in some translations really hurts it hurts us Mm. to recognize our sinfulness and our responsibility for bringing pain to others with our sin and if that hurt leads to repentance though that pain really frees us from regret frees us from that guilt in the end a christian is glad for that kind of grief because it brings us back to the path of life it pushes us to Mm. god 
Worldly grief or worldly sorrow, on the other hand, it leads only to death. So worldly grief is a pain over the consequences of sin or I got caught mm -hmm. and I'm not happy about it. And that doesn't lead to repentance. In that situation, it's only pain followed by more sin, followed by more pain. And it's a vicious cycle. The path of sin always leads to death and destruction and never to life and joyfulness. And so if we have a godly guilt, a good guilt, that's going to push us away from sin and push us toward God. So Heather, if we look at good guilt, let's talk about bad guilt. How would you describe bad guilt? And I might say, I don't know if I'd call it necessarily bad, but just mm -hmm. not good, not, mm -hmm. not beneficial to you. Right. So the way it differs from what the good kind of guilt that, that brings you to repentance. So bad guilt is how we feel guilty about things that may not really be sinful. Here's an easy example. Guilt because I didn't, I feel guilty because I didn't spend an hour with God today. I only spent half an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's a great thing that you're doing an hour but if you're you know something happens and you only get 30 minutes you're not sinning because mm -hmm. god wants a relationship with you where you, you're coming to him out of love and joy to be with him and it's not an obligation you have in the fact that you got to check all these boxes and so that's one example that's pretty easy um, and then there's a bunch of others where we can easily point out you know you're you're setting a standard for yourself that's way high and that it can be really hard to meet and so those are the things where we we have to determine okay is the thing you're feeling really sinful according to scripture or the thing you're feeling guilty about or is it something that you're not meeting a standard that you set for yourself that is necessarily mandated by the Lord? And so do you have any examples, Rose, of, of a situation that would be a good kind of guilty versus a bad kind of guilty? Yes. So here is a, a real good example from recent times. We have a sweet saint in our church, church named Martha. And she recently had hip replacement surgery at the age of 85. And mm -hmm. she is pretty amazing. When she was first told about the surgery and how long she'd have to recover, they told her, you know, you're not going to be able to drive or get out of the house for four weeks. And she told me, Rose, I can't do that. I can't stay away from church for four weeks. <laughs> of course, I reminded her that I was away from church for months and months and months and it could be done and it's okay. And, you know, she just longs to be at church. And so her guilt, maybe, maybe she didn't have as much guilt as she maybe had, you know, a feeling of, I have to be at church. Martha is at church no matter what. Mm -hmm. Now, that's an example of someone who might have, you know, not necessarily good guilt, but it's good intentions and it's not sin. Her not coming to church is not a sin. Mm -hmm. So any guilt she's feeling is not based on a godly sorrow of, oh gosh, I can't go to church and God is upset and this is a sin yeah. I need to turn from. But it's something that she's, you know, being hard on herself that, oh, I need to be at church. And I truly believe that more than that, even with her, is she just loves being at church. Mm -hmm. And I get that. So I think the opposite of that is you've got a lot of people who will say, I'm just really too tired to come to church. Mm -hmm. They continue to do that maybe week over week over week to the point that you get to a place where you don't even have a desire to go to church. Yeah. And in that situation, 
if you're not feeling conviction over that, a good yeah. kind of guilt to say, I need to be back in church, then that's a problem. Then I think that's a, a real sign of questioning whether or not you truly are a believer. Yeah. I have no doubt Martha is a believer and I have no doubt that her, her desire to be in church, it will not waver until she goes to see Jesus. But there are, are some who don't want to come to church because of one thing or the other. And then they begin not to attend mm -hmm. and get out of the habit. And quite honestly, they may not feel any guilt or sorrow until someone points it out to them. And then that becomes a worldly sorrow or bad guilt, necessarily mm -hmm. bad, but a worldly sorrow where they're not necessarily upset about the sin. They're upset about getting caught. Yeah. And so that's just one example. I think also, as you talked about, we have sometimes can get a legalistic viewpoint on things like yeah. reading your Bible, praying. I know one of the mornings that I have the hardest time spending time with the Lord and praying is kind of ironic. It's usually Sunday mornings yeah, because I'm trying to get ready for church and I'm not very good at early morning stuff and so we're all running late i'm always running late heather and i we we just yes, yes we're not morning people but i'm not running late because i spent too much time in the word or anything <laughs> like that that's usually what i end up sacrificing to get ready and i feel bad about that but that kind of guilt that i feel to what heather said earlier you know if every other day of the week i'm spending time with the lord mm -hmm. and praying and reading my bible yeah then I, I shouldn't chastise myself so harshly when it's, you know, one day out of the week, I'm just not, uh, maybe I just don't, don't have the time, but because I'm trying to get ready to go to church. Now, what I think we have to be aware of also, and where this can kind of come into a little bit of, I think maybe what Jen was getting at in her question or her suggestion is that we need just to be careful that bad habits don't form. So right. let's talk about the example of me on Sunday morning. So Sunday morning, I get up and I'm running, you know, tight time, time. I don't spend a lot of time in the word. I don't spend time praying. And then I decide, you know, that's not, you know, I don't really have to do that every day. I can get mm -hmm. away with that. Maybe I'll just pray one once a week or, mm -hmm. or maybe, you know, it's no big deal if I miss it a couple of days here or there which is true, you know, depending on the circumstances. But if I allow that to become a habit, then I'm going to end up suffering from that later. And then I could possibly be in a situation where I allow that to become habitual and then it becomes a sin. And then you become numb to it and you don't really care anymore. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Heather, what are, what are things we can do to help us if we're in this type of conundrum that Jen shared? Well, and I think we need to talk to, there's some, there's some conundrums that we come across that are really vague um, as believers that can go either way um, in terms of, you know, could this be a sin or could this be me just being too hard on myself? As she said, an example would be, I haven't gone on a mission trip with my church in or ever maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I feel really guilty about that. I should be going on these trips. That's when you have to really decide, okay, what's, what's really going on here? Is it really a sinful issue of mine that I'm not, I'm not doing mission trips because of time commitments or money or 
other concerns I might have or is it because I really don't want to go because it'll be inconvenient I don't want to work with people I don't care about people um, I don't have a passion for sharing the gospel those are the things so it's like getting down to the root mm -hmm. of what's going on underneath that mm -hmm. and then another can I share a personal example of yeah that? So absolutely I felt that way actually uh -huh. it's personally like I felt very guilty that I you know I wasn't going on mission trips but before all this happened I still had some, I had health issues and my limitations, physical limitations wouldn't allow me to hike it through the streets of New York or mm -hmm. through the, you know, mountains of yeah. uh, Ecuador or whatever. And so I just felt like it was not beneficial for me to go, but I still had this feeling of, like you said, Heather, I started to examine my heart and say, okay, do I really, is it really not beneficial for me to go physically mm -hmm. or am I, is that, am I using that as an excuse? Yeah. And I determined I wasn't using it as an excuse because technically it would not have been good for me to go. Yeah. But so what I ended up doing is when I was working, I used to take a week's vacation to work VBS, which let me just tell you that is, that's a mission trip right there. Yeah. But, you know, I think you're exactly right. Like, I think that's a really good example because if you really examine and pray about it, I think the Lord will reveal to you whether your motives are yeah. proper or not. Yeah. And it just, and not even like things related to the kingdom, but just, you know, like what TV shows do you choose to watch mm, or not mm -hmm. watch? Um, and that, that can get into a legalistic thing. Cause we know there's some denominations that, you know, you don't watch movies, you don't listen to music, you don't mm -hmm. do all this stuff. But if you have a, if you're a reality TV junkie and you like to watch stuff to unwind and, um, you have no conviction over that. And those are areas where it gets gray for some people. And, it, you know, some Christians have strong feelings about things. And But, like, get down to the root of what is going on there. So if you're feeling guilty about it, like, I shouldn't be watching TV when I could be doing other things. Every once in a while, it's okay to want to unwind and chill out. And especially if you're really busy all the time and take a, you know, take an hour to watch a show or something. But then also, on the other hand, just look at, okay... What am I putting into my brain when I'm watching these shows? Is it, am I constantly feeding myself with depravity that mm -hmm. I'm seeing on TV or, or I'm not spending my time in better ways where I, you know, I can be more productive doing things I need to get done. But those are just things, situations where it might get kind of muddy and there's a bunch of different conundrums you can come up with reaching out to people that may be hurting. So if you're in a group of people that, you know, there's a certain person who's struggling with something, do you need to jump into that right away? Are there other people who are taking on? Because I know I feel guilty when I'm not immediately jumping in to help someone who needs something, whether it's spiritual or physical needs, providing for them. And it, it's real easy to feel guilt about that. Yes. And one of my favorite <laughs> ladies, Miss Garnetta Smith, who serves in, uh, on uh, Boyce College Southern Seminary staff, she taught me this years ago, and I have never forgotten it, and that is, every need you see is not your personal calling. I was struggling with that very thing. I feel mm -hmm. like all the conundrums we're using, I have a personal story with. Yeah. But she really helped me see that. Sometimes we get into a mode of being, trying to be everybody's personal savior. We're not Jesus, and not all of us are able to mm -hmm. fill that need. And if you try to solve everybody's problems or try to serve and take care of every need, you're taking a blessing away from someone else. But then at the same time, you don't want to shrug it off. And right. It's like, okay, well, Susie's going to take care of it because she always does. Mm -hmm. um, when you have the resources and the time to go and 
and provide for that person. Yeah. So I think it it needs to be balanced and really, again, going to the root of the issue. So if you're feeling guilty about something, why are you feeling guilty about it? So, okay, I'm feeling guilty because I stayed up till midnight and I ate half a cake and (laughs) watched... And watched a chick flick, and now I feel really bad, and I have to get up and go to church at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm tired and I'm grumpy. So you can see some sinful patterns there. In and of themselves, those things are probably not bad, but it, putting together, put them all together, it's not wise, and that's when you feel guilty. So the answer to the question really depends. So when you're supposed to give grace to yourself, when you're supposed to be easy on yourself, It all depends on the situation you're dealing with. So sometimes you should be graceful toward yourself. Give yourself a break. You can't help everyone in the world. (laughs) You're not always going to be able to spend two hours in Bible study every morning. But at the same time, is what you're doing glorifying God? Is there better ways to spend your time? Are you you really sinning? Have you looked in the Word to see if you're sinning? And what what does God's Word have to say about it? Is there an a deeper sin there that you maybe have not addressed. And so these are the things that spending time in the word and praying, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you, he will make it known what you're dealing with there. And also having accountability, having someone, Mm. having Christians around you who can say, you know what? Yes, you are being too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. You're taking on way too much. If you have a large group of people saying that to you, it's probably true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then also, going to those people to have them point out, hey, this is a problem for you. You need to stop doing this. You're feeling guilty because it's sin. Right. So that's when having people around you is really good um, that will be pouring into you. That's why being involved in church and having a good body of believers around you is really good and necessary. Would you say, Heather, that the closer you are to the Lord, as far as when I say that, I mean, we're all trying to grow closer and closer to him. But staying in the word habitually, staying in Mm -hmm. prayer and communication with the Lord habitually, getting that group of people around you who you have accountability with, that really when you have that in place, it's going to be easier for you to discern whether or not this is a good godly sorrow and whether it's a worldly sorrow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I'm nowhere where I want to be. But I'm farther than I was a year ago, spiritually. And I can say that just the incident that happened this week, I don't know that in the past I would have been as quick to recognize that as mm-hmm. a sin quick as quick as I did. And I'm thankful for that. I'm ashamed that it got to that point, but yeah. I'm thankful for that. But I attribute that to the fact of, am I in the Bible an hour every day? No. Yeah. But I am I habitually in the word? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think about it like when you go to the gym. Some people go to the gym every day, but some people go three times a week. Some people go five days a week. Some people go one day a week. Uh, or but, zero. Or zero days a week. Uh, or exercise, let's say, yeah. even if you don't go to the gym. I exercise. And if we're willing to put forth the work for that, mm-hmm. think about that in relationship to being in the word. And I think... Spending time with the Lord and being in the Word, if you're habitually doing that, I feel like that is going to help the issue tremendously. But I think you've got to do it for a while for that to grow roots in your in mm-hmm. your heart. 
So Jen, I hope that helped you. Um, and it's, it, that's a hard question. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a really hard thing. And I understand how hard that is because, and we touched on a few examples, but there can be so many gray areas, um, as a believer knowing when am I being too hard on myself as a Christian? When do I need to lighten up and not kick myself in, in the pants all the time? And but remember that there is a such thing as, as a good kind of guilt that will lead you to repentance. And when you've identified sin in your life, don't put it off. If you've identified a sinful habit, start praying about it, that the Lord will root that out of you and, and change your heart towards it. And maybe even it's if it's not something sinful, um, but just not a wise use of your time or your resources or whatever, just start praying that the Lord will change it. I mean, TV watching is an example for me because I just don't, I think having a cat has really helped with that because I can't <laughs> stay up as late as I used to, but I have no desire to watch as much TV as I used to mm -hmm. back in the day. I would, you know, I would watch TV for hours and same here. waste and time. I've, the I've pandemic was horrible. Habit. Yeah, it was horrible because you just, there's nothing else to do. You just watch TV all day. It's real easy to get in those kind of habits where in itself it's not bad, but it's just not good for you. And I just remember started, I started praying that the Lord would change my attitude about it, that I would just not want to watch TV. Just I would just lose interest, and mm -hmm. I am slowly losing interest. And there's other things I could be doing with my time, and I'm one of those. I'm becoming slowly disconnected from whatever's on TV right now. So, but I think those kinds of things you can, if if you ask the Lord to make it clear to you, He will. He He's not out to make things confusing for you. So you ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you're sinning and where you need to be gracious towards yourself. He will make that known. As long as you know when guilt is good, and that's when it goes to repentance, that's what you need to be mindful of. Right. When guilt is good. What's our one random thought, Rose? So my one random thought today is grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sins. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, we sang that song pretty much the whole time we were planning this episode <laughs> because that's what we thought of when we said grace. So let me share a little interesting thing, some interesting things about that hymn. The hymn was written by a woman named Julia Harriet Johnston. She was born in Ohio in 1849. She was the daughter of a Presbyterian minister and she authored many books on Christian missions and missionaries along with hundreds of hymns. And eventually, many of her hymn texts were published in her books. Mm -hmm. She was very active in her church's Sunday school and the Presbyterian Missionary Society. And around 1910, Julia Johnston penned the words, Grace Greater Than Our Sin, which Heather and I both love that yes, hymn. Yes, it's a good song. And the hymn is a commentary on Romans 5, particularly on Romans 5.20, the end of that verse, which says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now here's the part that I find fascinating. Considering that many women were forbidden to teach, preach, or pray in mixed gender gatherings, writing a commentary on scripture would also be most likely not tolerated. However, the medium of hymn writing was utilized by many women like Johnston in order to circumvent societal norms. That's pretty cool. So think about Fanny Crosby. Mm-hmm. Other other women, there are a lot of female hymn writers, and so I find that fascinating. We talked about the the women's suffrage movement and all that in our previous episode, but we see here how it impacted women expressing themselves, and they did so through hymn texts. Wow, that's pretty cool. It is cool. I never knew that. No. And I even took a hymnody class in college, and wow. I don't remember well, that at all. There you go. Now you've... 
I need something you learn every day. Yes. All right. So Heather, what's our one Ricky thought? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not even Christmas time. It's not. It's Christmas in May. (laughs) Poor Ricky. Not this is a delayed story because other things have been happening. But uh, a few weeks ago, Ricky had to go get his teeth cleaned because I found out that he's got a predisposition to periodontal disease. So when you're normally when cats get older, this is when it's a problem. But he's only two years old, so it started early with him. So the I had taken taken him for a checkup. The the vet said that his gums were all inflamed and they needed to be cleaned. So they scale the gums and make sure everything's good. I you know scheduled the appointment. And I'm not allowed to feed him breakfast that morning, which was exciting because <laughs> he was really just dejected and upset that I wasn't feeding him <laughs> breakfast. So I'd take him to the vet, drop him off. Everything's good. She calls me later that afternoon and she says, well, everything went fine. Ricky's good. He's awake. He's doing good because he had to sedate him and everything. She said, but when we were cleaning his gums around the bottom of his mouth, his teeth fell out <laughs> in the front. <laughs> So his little cats have in the front of their mouth, they have teeny little incisors in the front between their fangs. And so his bottom incisors, the little teeny teeth in the front, they fell out when they were cleaning. So she didn't even pull them. They just fell out on their own. I felt horrible because I'm like, I didn't even know his teeth were rotten and they just fall out of his mouth. And he didn't seem like he was in pain because he's a voracious eater. So he's always eating and he doesn't ever have an issue with it. And but apparently his teeth were ready to come out and they just fell out on their own. And so now Ricky <laughs> has no bottom front teeth. He has like a little gap there, like a seven year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> and cat don't have like baby cat teeth, right? Like he won't grow more know. teeth. No, he won't grow more teeth. Okay. Yeah. And he's full grown anyway. So oh, that's true. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's a, uh, He's not getting any teeth back. He's not getting false teeth either. I'm not that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's just kind of funny because whenever he meows at me or something and he opens his mouth, it's just this little bear gum and it's Aww. just so cute. But he does. He looks like a little a little kid without his teeth and it's pretty cute. But I feel <laughs> kind of bad for him because I don't think cats use those front teeth much. Like house cats, I don't think they use them much mm. for serious things. I mean, he's got his big teeth that he can use to chew. So he can still eat. He's just... <laughs> Missing a few of them. <laughs> Maybe Santa will bring him some for Christmas. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay, what's our one single question, Rose? So our one single question today is, outside of salvation, when is the time God showed you grace? Well, I couldn't come up with a specific example, Rose. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought about this and hey, I had that's some, good. some take trouble. The bake. Although, I mean, I know there have been many times where... God has shown me grace when I, I didn't deserve it. Just in simple things like missing a deadline and then the person gives me leniency and, or just when I'm worried or stressing over a certain thing and it turns out to be not half as bad as I was worried about. I mean, I've had car issues before and it always works out, you know, in some way the Lord will provide what I need. He always just always provides what I need. And even in things like through my cat, which I'm going to go back to Ricky, but just how (laughs) sweet he can be sometimes because there's one night while I was pretty sad at night for some reason. And I don't know, I guess he, Ricky just kind of picked up on it. He just came and sat by me and put his paw on my hand, (laughs) which just sounds kind of pathetic, but, but just like those little tender mercies that the Lord provides to you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
every day and that maybe you don't realize them at the moment but then just looking back I'm like oh you know what I really didn't deserve that good thing you just gave me but this is really a blessing and I'm really thankful for it and maybe even writing those down when they happen is good. Well Heather I think all of your examples are great because I think we we do overlook some of those tender mercies that God gives us. We get grace every day of our lives. Mm -hmm. I mean if we wake up and we're breathing that's grace. But I think also, if you think about it, when people go through really difficult times and you look at them and you think, how did they get through it? Mm-hmm. And the answer is God's grace. And that's true. And God gives them, I think, an extra amount of grace to get through that time. Like for me, I think back when my mom passed away, my dad passed away. And I look back at that now and think, how did I get through that? Mm-hmm. Or even more recently, when I spent four months bedridden in rehab, mm-hmm. and I just can't even imagine doing that today. Well, yeah. I don't have to imagine it today because God gave me the grace I needed then. And so I think your examples are great because we do get the, the perfect dose of grace every day that we need for our day. Mm-hmm. Just like your example about Ricky, you were sad for some of <laughs> whatever reason. Yeah. And whether he sensed that, whether God told him, hey, go go over there and, and lay next to Heather, God gives us that grace. And so mm-hmm. he needed that that day. And we don't understand it and we don't uh, fully grasp it because we get the grace we need for the situation we're in. What about you? Do you have a specific example? I do. So probably mm, maybe eight, nine years ago, I was heading home after dinner. I was on... Uh, highway here in locally in Louisville and I the sun was hitting me in the eyes and I I saw there was a truck over on the side of the road and I was trying to get over but the sun was in my eyes and I couldn't really see well and so I finally did get over in the left lane but I guess I didn't get over in enough time because a cop pulled me over and said you know he was very mean I'll be quite honest mm. And he told me, you know, you're supposed to get over when Mm -hmm. you see a semi or anybody on the Mm -hmm. side of the road, which I wasn't aware of. And so he just gave me a ticket and walked away. And the ticket I thought was interesting because there was no way I could pay anything. Mm -hmm. I just had to go to traffic court, which, listen, people, I've gotten speeding tickets enough in my lifetime to know (laughs) that traffic school is an option. Just paying the tickets an option. But there was nothing other than you need to be in court. Mm-hmm. So I'd never been to traffic court before. I ended up going downtown to go the day of my of my court date. And I was a nervous wreck. So the way traffic court works, you sit there until your name's called. Thankfully, my last name is Booth, which meant I was higher up on the list. Because yeah. otherwise, I'd have been there all day. You get called up to meet with like a little lawyer guy to go look at your mm-hmm. ticket, decide what to do. So he looks at my ticket and he said, well, Miss Booth, I'm sorry to tell you this, but your your driver's license will be suspended for six months. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding? He's like, yeah, he wrote this up for reckless driving. Oh, my gosh. He said, so can you tell me what happened? So I explained to him what happened and I was already starting to shake and think, oh, my goodness, I've parked my car down here at a at a parking meter and I'm not going to be able to drive it home. Who's going to come get me? And so he goes, well, let me make a few calls. So he made calls to the Department of Transportation locally. Then he called our state's capital. I mean, it was quite the ordeal. And he said, look, I'm going to write this up 
to pay $187 for the fine. You'll just need to go here before the judge and plead guilty. And, you know, what you, you're, oh, you'll keep your license and oh you will goodness. just need to pay the fine. I was a nervous wreck even mm -hmm. then. And I, I thanked him profusely because I thought, I don't know what I would have done otherwise. And so then you wait, your name gets called, you go above the judge and the judge is asking you, do you plead guilty or not guilty? And I don't think he told me to plead guilty. And I just said, I don't know what to plead. And I started crying. And so, you know, I apologized and, and so the, it was a woman judge and she was so sweet and she said, okay, well, plead, you plead guilty. This is what your, your fine will be. And she, there was an envelope there. You can mm. pick up the envelope. It has all the details, how to pay online and blah, blah, blah. And I walked away and, you know, that was grace. But I, that moment has always been a picture to me of what Christ did for us. So I'm not going to have to stand before him with all my sin exposed yeah. and be, and get what I deserve. Like I deserve to lose my license for mm -hmm. six months because I, I was charged with reckless driving, but God gave me grace to allow me another way out. And I was just a complete basket case. I mean, I left there shaking and just unbelievable the way the Lord did deliver me from that. But it was also to me a picture of the gospel that I don't have to stand before the judge. Jesus mm -hmm. will stand there for me. His righteousness covers me. So whenever I think about grace, I think about that moment because I just went in there not even knowing yeah. what this was all about. So yeah, that's my story. So I think we can say between the everyday to the, you yes, know, traffic court things. days, the major things, yes. grace abounds as, you know, where there's grace, it abounds more. It's definitely something that we don't deserve, but are thankful that we have. Yeah. All right. Well, we will return in two weeks. Our next episode will be on June 6th. And until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 